Supply Posse. Today I'm joined by two friends of the Posse who you've heard from before. We've come together to talk about an experience that we've had with our art and that you may have had too. Think of this episode as one where some friends come together to talk about art and some weird little feelings and things that go on with our art in this case. And you, dear listener, have the chance to listen in. So we thought we'd talk about this subject, which I will get to shortly, just because we sort of want to talk about things that we find can be a little bit weird in art or just probably actually really in life in general. But we kind of agreed that the more we talk about stuff like this, the more people realise that it's common that you're not the only one having these feelings and that it's okay to have them. But before we get into it, um, let's say hi first to Rebecca Weeks-Howard, who is an artist and an art teacher. Uh, hi, Rebecca. <laughs> Thanks for joining us to chat. Thanks. Appreciate having mm-hmm. me. Chance to talk. Would you just be able to share a little bit about yourself, um, just so listeners know who you are, if they haven't listened to your actual episode? Sure. I teach middle school in a public school in Las Vegas. I am at 36 and a half years because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we just hit half a year <laughs> and I count <laughs> all of them. And um, let's see, I'm also a doctoral student, which I don't think I was, Kim, when we talked last, but I don't know. No, uh, no you were not. Oh, exciting. Yeah. So I'm two years and a quarter, I guess, maybe in, into that program. So I'm hoping to be Dr. Weeks sometime after 2025 in curriculum and instruction, but focusing on art education. Quite on top of that, I was recently elected. So I'm also a Nevada Visual Arts Education Association president now too. My goodness, you are stepping up in the world. Because <laughs> again, I can't, you know. Yeah, no, like yeah. heaven forbid you should have some downtime. Mm. Time to make art. <laughs> and and I'm going uh, back to the gallery that I was working with uh, for representation. I was on the board with that gallery, but I had stopped that about two years ago. So Sunday I'm going back into that gallery again, but I told them I'm only putting my artwork up. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> That sounds pretty epic. It sounds like a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, listeners, so you may have heard a couple of times there uh, Alan's cheeky laugh, which is how I'm going to describe it because that's what I think of. Um, so if you're a regular listener, you will have heard him before. He's joined me a few times to talk different art-related things uh, and has become as well as a relatively regular here at the posse he's also a good friend uh, so it was only natural that I thought to bring him into the chat today so hi Alan thank you so much again for joining us oh it's always fun to talk to you again and I'm just surprised 36 years in middle school there ought to be some sort of award isn't there a national award for you guys <laughs> well it's not all in middle school I've done every grade level and I was an administrator okay. too for 14 years of it at every level oh wow so yeah there should be. Okay. <laughs> but if we don't stay and do it, who will do it? You know, that's something well, we that. probably yep. will talk about. Fair enough. It just takes a special person to wake up to a room full of 13-year-olds. <laughs> and the classes are mixed, sixth grade through eighth grade. So it's really like 11 to 16-year-olds. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. 
I'm amazed. So, Alan, just in case we've got somebody new listening that has not heard your dulcet tones yet, um, could you just let the listeners know a little bit about yourself? <laughs> Don't laugh. I'm being I'm being really generous. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, I Basically, I came to this because um, I'm an IT worker. I sit a lot, and the only thing that gets me through my day is doodling and drawing, and I um, went from that to discovering water brushes and um, art supplies, and it's pretty much I need something that isn't digital in, you know, for most of for a chunk of my day, because I spend all day staring at screens and talking on conference calls. Oh, so I kind of come to it that way. And I've always been a woodworker. I paid my way through college fixing people's houses. It's, it's the need to do something analog and um, drawing just, I don't know, decided to, that was a, a good way to get through my day. So it's sanity for me, I guess, I would think. Mm. Which it is, I think, for a lot of people, actually. Yeah, I, I can't take one more screen. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you had an art teacher or two to thank for that. Did you take any art when you were in school, even though you went into tech? Um, sort of. Uh, actually, we had a family friend who actually does quite well in the galleries, and I I mm. worked with her. Um, actually, the best art teacher I ever had was actually printmaking and running presses and stuff. If, you know, if there was still a need for lots of printed material, I love, I loved printing, worked in printing as long as mm-hmm. I could until the industry pretty much went away. Um, no, actually, most of the art is, um, if you read the books about boredom, was just something I kind of did out of boredom. Same reason I do it during the conference calls, right? It's just something I do, I guess. But I don't know. It's, I went to so many different schools that I don't know as any of them would have stuck very much. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of my kids so, go Sorry, Kim. Too. Yeah. That's okay. Let's get to our discussion today, which which is around a thing that the three of us have noticed that we do or feel, um, but I'd imagine it's all, it affects us all in different ways. Um, Alan and I have kind of briefly chatted around the subject a couple of times, uh, and I know, Rebecca, you've sort of experienced it too, but I wonder, just to sort of let the listeners know where we're coming coming at, is have you, listener, ever sort of found yourself creating a piece of art? You're in the process, you're doing it, but you're just not liking it. And so it may be just a simple fact of it feels like you're trying too hard or it might not be turning out as you had imagined it would be. You might not even be able to, might not even be able to discern why it isn't making you feel good, but you just know that something isn't right. You might persevere, you might finish. Hopefully, you do, uh, but the end result isn't making you happy at all. Maybe you think it is absolutely terrible. Maybe you feel like your skill level isn't there. Well, it's something that happens to me often enough that I notice it. I wouldn't say it happens every single time I sit down and make some kind of art. And this happens to me with every single different type of art I make. So the listeners, you might know, and Alan, you know for a fact that I don't just do one specific uh, type of art, that I play around with quite a few different things. And I 
I don't think I've ever not experienced this in one form or another, one degree or another about everything, but I'm certainly getting a lot better of noticing it and recognising it and also being surprised by these feelings. But I wonder, like, Rebecca, how how do you find yourself feeling about this kind of thing when you're making art or you've finished your art? Like how does these sort of feelings about disappointment or disgust or whatever like how do you find it it permeates your your work and your thoughts well I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head almost everything is unfinished because who's to decide when it's finished you know I like to go back into things years later and I have a lot of unfinished work around my (laughs) husband who is a photographer talks about making you know 12 portfolio pieces and That's not how I work. Everything is in progress all day long with all the kids. I have 200 kids all day. Um, And I guess the reflection out there, at least in art education, is that it should be about the process. Um, Even in art therapy, which, you know, I dabbled in for a year um, with Pratt University, it's all about the process. It's not necessarily to make a portfolio piece that you can sell that will be remembered forever. And when I think to the mostly male, white male uh, masters of the Western canon of art, you know, uh, Vincent Van Gogh, who's probably uh, arguably one of the top five best known artists in the world, wasn't famous at all when he was alive and had a lot of mental health issues. So who knows if his stuff was finished when he died, you know, but his brother made money off of it later. <laughs> so <laughs> I was and I'm not faulting his brother. Point. I mean, his brother supported him too, but. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say a lot of it, I think was finished when he needed the bills paid. I would suspect mm-hmm. a lot of among people who do it professionally at some point it's finished when you need the bills paid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially if you work on commission and that is your day job or your night job, as the case may be. I mean, one reason I went into teaching and we may have talked about this before was, you know, I was going to be a potter in Tennessee, but how was I going to pay the bills? And since second grade, I've loved my art teachers. So I decided I was going to be an art teacher and have a steady income and not have to worry about you know, someone else's income in order to live my life the way I wanted to necessarily and support my kids. And I pretty much have done that. I have been in relationships with people and I'm in one now, but you know, I've kind of, I guess as a woman too, it's a little different, Alan, but I, I have always been the primary salary earner. I'm the husband kind of person. <laughs> They're the wife, I guess, yeah. if you look at traditional world. I like artsy people, you know, and so, like I said, my husband's a photographer, but he's also a property manager for homes in Las Vegas that people come and rent and destroy, and he puts them back together, and, <laughs> yep. you know, painter and jack of all trades, so. No, I think, I think that's, I think that's probably more normal than most. I mean, the number mm-hmm. of people who get prolific after they've practiced for 20 years of dealing with an office job is large and you know the 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 goal of early retirement is to get a chance to actually you know finish and and do the more challenging pieces because you'll finally have time to actually work on them 
Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've more than a few friends I who, I, you know, that was their retirement. I don't think people can stop at 20 years anymore either, though, because the, the economy oh, yeah. worldwide. Um, and to some extent, it's out of preference. You know, I mean, older generations, my grandparents, my parents, they did want to plan to retire after 20 years, get the watch and go, you know. Um, yeah. I, I like to work. And as I said, I've been doing it a long time. And um, I'll be 60 in two and a half years-ish. And so I could retire. I've prepared for that. But I suspect even in retirement, Kim, you know me, I'll probably work a few days somewhere mm-hmm. for somebody mm-hmm. doing something. But I do hope that I'll be able to build more art making for myself into that process. I also suspect, though, that I'll still want to make art with other people around because that's just who I am every day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'd imagine. Now yeah, I have imagine that is- Rebecca. Oh. Sorry. I Sorry. Yes. Alan, who doodle all the time too. Yeah. I'm imagining Rebecca, there's probably no way you could make art in a room on your own. Is there? It's, it's very hard. I mean, I have all the art supplies. I have space. I have, time if I stay off the internet. Um, (laughs) And yet, you know, I can honestly tell you, I have not truly sat down and spent, you know, four straight hours painting since like February of last year. That's part of why I'm going back to the gallery because I am required to host. And I usually do that on Sundays, one day a month. And I paint while I'm there in the windows, you know, (laughs) So, Alan, how do I think, you? I think I, there's a gentleman Sorry, in a nearby ahead. town that opened a store just so he could sit there and paint. So he could sit there and paint. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much he sells, but he sits there and paints a lot. It isn't. It isn't about selling it for me either, and maybe it isn't for you, Alan. Um, so again, if it doesn't have to be finished, I mean, I can decide when it's finished, and I'm not really oh, looking yeah. to make money from it. I would rather have somebody love it and then I'll give it to them. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if his spouse just wants him out of the house. He's tired of talking (laughs) about his paintings. Well, if you keep it all, then you do have a space issue for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So, Alan, do you find yourself, this is something I've noticed that I do, which is I'll have made something and, you know, for example, a, a drawing, a sketch. And at the time I'm like, well, that's terrible. Like that. It's not even, that's not even something I'd show my husband. And then, I don't know, I come back to that sketchbook 12 months later or I find it some long time down the track and I realise it's not as bad as I thought it was at the time and actually it might even be good. Do you sort of find that happening at all? Um, sometimes. Sometimes I also look back and get frustrated because as I get better and maybe a little more technical or whatever, I miss some of the freeness of when I wasn't thinking about it so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's, it's, you, there's, there are things you, you may create more that's kind of awful, but you also kind of create some inspired stuff when you're not, th- you know, you're not as yep. practiced and you're not just doing what you always do. Yeah. Um, that actually is, I think more of a common feeling when I look through my old sketchbooks, cause I got my pile of Stillman and Burns and that one always amazes me. I'm like, it's not technically as good, but I find it more inspiring. Hmm. Well, you you you're freer when now you're not, when you're not constrained. But I'm, I'm constrained might be too strong a word. But like when you haven't got that, when you haven't leveled up your skill, 
you're sort of freer to just Mm -hmm. experiment and see what works and play around with things. Yeah. You know, yeah, because you don't, you don't just fall into the, well, that this line just goes there. Mm. Um, And, you know, probably drawn in the last four years since I've, I've done more of this, probably drawn about, got to be at least half a million faces. (laughs) And Mm. now, you know, so the first 20 lines are just habit. They're not, you know, you don't think about it much. And then you start trying to put some personality into it. So sometimes I think you lose something with that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The woodworking is the opposite. You go back and you look at it and you, you have to make a conscious effort not to try and find all your mistakes. And maybe that's kind of (laughs) what we're talking about is just, you know, Mm -hmm. don't try and find your mistakes Mm. because the woodworking can get really frustrating. Especially the coloring part. Is the woodworking, do you find that you're more critical of what you've made in the past because, because it has a different purpose because I'm thinking of your woodworking in terms of, you know, you're ma- making your desk and stuff like that. Do you think because it has a different purpose, it's not just purely aesthetic, that the quote-unquote faults that are there are more obvious to you? Whereas are you more accepting with like a drawing because it's only for the purpose of or its purpose is, is more about the drawing and it's it's its attractiveness or or whatever, as opposed to it's functional as an item. Yeah. I, I, you know, maybe it's a little different. I mean, there's, there's two kinds of faults when you make something with woodworking or I suspect sculpture and pottery would be exactly the same way. There's the technical things that aren't quite right, Mm -hmm. which I think niggle at you worse than the, I didn't get the coloring quite right or the finish isn't quite right. Um, so there's that technical bit. Um, I know Rebecca's done pottery. Um, you know, but I think when you do a three-dimensional object, there's a technical part that is easier to critique. Mm-hmm. And you just have to remind yourself, you know, it's actually done. <laughs> um, it also has a finish point, to Rebecca's point. I can go back and touch it. You know, usually woodworking pretty much, you know, once it's up and running, you're on to the next project. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a different thing there, too, which is a, a whole nother topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to go fast or really slow. And I feel like personally, I don't have a medium at all. Some of that is the ADHD. Some of that is being raised in New Jersey, but. Um, <laughs> uh, so, true. so, you know, I have everything I've ever made, I guess, sort of, except the things that are still at my mom's house or whatever, or my kids have, but I look at some things that I make really quickly And, you know, I love them so much, I would never even sell them. And I just, I'll walk by and be like, I can't believe I made that, you know. (laughs) And then there are other things that I'm famous for taking cell phone photos of a painting and then wandering around, you know, and you look at it in the car when someone else is driving. And I mean, I could paint it for three years and wouldn't necessarily get finished because there's a problem to solve. So, you know, there's no constraint as far as time goes, unless, like you said, you've got to turn it into someone or sell it to get bread and milk or, you know, it's due for a test, that kind of thing. So, and I like a little bit of procrastination and then a little bit of pressure. There is an absolute deadline, especially when I'm writing or, you know, 
something like that. So with my doctoral, I will get it done because I'm going to have to pay for the semesters. So I'm not going to be that person that 10 years later is still all but done, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But if, if I'm really in that zone, I think that's the big key. You know, if you are really in it and there's no pressure to start or stop or other people to tell you, you know, and interrupt, which is funny because I'm famous for interrupting other people when they're doing it um, <laughs> all day long at school. Right. <laughs> oh, sorry. The bell rang. You got to stop. Why aren't you working? Why aren't you working? I'm thinking, miss. I'm thinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, then I think my best stuff comes at me and it just sort of, it's, it's uh, organic. I might go into a painting and think it's going to be a quail and it turns into a walrus and it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's the process again. And the process happens very quickly. On the other hand, if it's got to look exactly like this or like that, or be due before Saturday in order to go to an art show, I'm pretty helpless. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why I don't do the longer projects. I mean, Kim and I've talked about it quite a bit. I, mm-hmm. the woodworking, I, I have more, more willingness to go back to things, but with artwork, it's very much a just wanting to get out what I'm feeling right now. It isn't uh, I can't, I can't imagine spending like three months on a single painting. I'd, I'd move on to something else. So mm-hmm. I have to choose what I do very carefully because that's you know, just where I'm at. Um, well, Kim is like this too, I think, cause I dabble in a little bit of everything. So I have 20 things that I'm working on across the <laughs> year, you know, and I do the same thing with books. I'll be reading yeah. a journal at the same time that I'm reading a book for school at the same time that I'm reading a book for me, you know, and have different things in different rooms, depending on what part of the day it is or whatever. But, um, one of the things I was going to say earlier is, I have kids who come to me kind of fully formed as artists, even in sixth grade, because they have such a great daily practice. I mean, they draw or create or make anytime they can, you know, and my way of making art is, I guess, more social than that. Number one, I have to have a lot of people around, but you know, I want to make with other people and I've never been that person that just sits down and, you know, you said you doodle all day and I can do that in a meeting, but it's not, it's not a daily practice thing in that way. And yet everything I feel like I do all day long. And even at night when I'm sleeping is think about art. So. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of it, I have so little time. I, you know, I want to either finish something or, or, you know, not feel like I, you know, am, you know, pushing against what, what limited time I have not to be around, you know, my daughter's still young. So it's right. I, I get between a long, you know, long day job and everything. I'm, I'm thrilled to get an hour to myself to do something. So I try and plan everything in one hour chunks. And mm-hmm. that's, that also f- forms around what I do a whole lot. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you haven't got the time, well, I love calendaring time in too, but you're right. Go <laughs> say it again. Yeah, oh, it again. I was yeah, just you dropped out. Just saying that, Alan, you, your time is limited, much different but similar to me. So there's no, well, it's not that you can't, but it's a lot harder to commit to something that's going to take a big chunk of time, especially if it requires a lot of time in one sitting, whereas, you know, even I guess you could revisit things, but if you're like me, which you kind of are in many ways, we just get bored of it, just get sick of it. 
Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, I don't tend to go back to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I, I was recently or recently I, I started in the, I think it was the end of November. I started a new little mini uh, art journal and um, it took a bit longer to, to finish than I was expecting because of, other life things going on and it actually I felt myself frustrated by it a few times because it just wasn't doing what I wanted it to do or, or you know, that's how I was feeling. And I, I got it finished and I'm so glad I did because it's it was worth finishing. It just took a lot longer but I really noticed a sense of frustration at um, the fact that I just couldn't get it done as, as quick as I was hoping. I mean, also, on the other hand, it's actually the biggest, fattest little mini journal I've ever made. Like, it's got more pages than I've ever done before. So, um, hello, of course, it's going to take longer. But, you know, I felt real frustration mm-hmm. that it was taking mm-hmm. longer yeah. than I thought it would. So it's just it's funny these weird feelings we have around stuff we make. Yeah, yeah I agree. Well, that goes back to the process. I mean, you have been through a lot just in the last two, three weeks I've seen on Instagram. Yeah. So, you know, I process through art every day in various ways. Um, you know, and for sure, if if it's winter here in America, I am more down, depressed, and seeking light. And um, I've kind of set an objective for myself this year with so much going on. Make sure you go somewhere outside every day when you get out of school. I'm I'm done with school yeah. an hour earlier. Yeah, um, middle school. And so that gives me an extra yeah. hour of daylight, you know? So I'll set up all my doctor appointments so I can get out there and just drive in the light, which helps my seasonal effective whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's time I'm not yeah. arting in too. So it's, it's just a different way to process. But if you don't have any downtime either, you know, you're driving or you're watching a movie or whatever, I get some of my best ideas once I actually get into that relaxation zone too, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. happen very easily for me. So Mm -hmm. you suddenly solve that problem that you've been cranking around in your brain, you know, for a long time. Oh, I could do this. And boom, you move on. Yeah. Yeah. And getting time to do it once you had the idea. Yeah. I've certainly noticed in myself, especially these last, let's say four weeks, I guess that, I have wanted to create but have had struggled to have the brain capacity for it. So what I've done is a kind of, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if a workaround is the right way, but just I've really been drawn to just stitching um, very similar to, or some of it is Shasiko stitching, but just with no real thought, just, you know, just putting stitches into fabric and it's been a really nice way to make a thing or to create but without actually really any kind of intention behind it. Do you know what I mean? Like the intention has just been to to be yeah. keeping my hands busy, to be doing something but also to be emptying my mind um, because I find that it does that for me. Um, but it doesn't matter in some ways. I don't seem to attach to it any kind of real sense of, creating art even though I do think it is I think you know some goodness me I've been of course I've dived into the rabbit hole of YouTube and some stitching videos of gorgeous Shisiko stitching and these things that people are making and I'm like oh my goodness this is a whole nother next level but um 
it's definitely been something I've found myself at the end of the day when I've had no energy but still a desire to do something. Um, if I haven't picked up my camera, I've picked up some fabric and a needle and thread and just have been stitching it out and it's it's been really nice actually. It sounds like it fills the same role as just sketching for me, you know, working on faces. Mm. I don't ha- I don't have to think about it that hard, but it it gets me away from the world. You know, it's kind of like, you know, reading a short story or something. It just kind of gets you away from your world for a while. Mm-hmm. Kind of lets you de-stress. Absolutely. Yeah, and I would almost rather not plan out my art and have all kinds of stuff available, which is kind of how I teach too, you know. Because you mm-hmm. suddenly are like, ah, oh, we need wheels. This would be perfect for that, you know. Um, so maybe when I'm making the art, I would rather just throw paint on the canvas. And I know for a fact, no matter how big it is, that I'm turning it around in different ways. Again, it, you know, I don't, I don't know what it's going to be. And that sounds kind of cheesy, like Michelangelo. I don't know what this big block of marble will be. It's going to tell me what it's going to be. Um, but on the <laughs> other hand, you know, the Catholic Church was right there, right? So he knew what it was going to be. Uh, but it's that it's that combination of off and on time you know and it's also coincidentally a great reason to go buy more art supplies that you don't absolutely already, you're gonna try something uh, <laughs> yeah you know you know I, I i always think of that that it, it's gonna tell you what it is and i i you know as a woodworker you know wood, you got all the wood carvers and mm-hmm. i always thought that was really hokey but Every one of the woodcarvers is any good swears by that. They're like, you know, the piece of wood tells you what it's going to be. I may start out wanting to make something, but a little bit in. And I'm, I'm suspecting once you're at that level, it is actually true. Or at least, you know, enough not to turn it into this because it just won't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there's gotta be something to it, but I, it feels a lot like hokum. Like I totally understand that. I like watching a lot of the reality TV shows. Uh, one of my favorite ones is Forged in Fire, which I don't really think I ever want to make a knife, but um, I have done some metal work, some jewelry work, some rebar work in sculpture. Uh, and, you know, how do they make that happen? You know, how do they know enough about the material, which, you, like you said, is more about knowing the grain of the wood and what tool to hit it with where. And, you know, it's just amazing to watch it. And again, I can just waste some hours doing that. The the um, show out of Britain about the great pottery throwdown. It's just so fun. You know, it's like, <laughs> even though I know some of how to do that, I'm just, how do you make a pot that's eight feet tall? Oh my gosh. And he's just like, and he's only, you know, 18 years old and he's about to win pottery throat. I mean, I'm just exaggerating, but you know, uh, have you seen, uh, blown away the glass blowing one? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, some of those are really cool. And I've actually structured my classes in some ways, um, like their challenges like that, you know, in order to meet the challenge, here are the parameters. You must have this, 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 and this now go figure it out. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Uh, the iron work is actually kind of cool. If you ever want to take, if you ever take a class, you have mm-hmm. a person out there who offers classes in town. Um, he's quite good. It just make sure your shoulder can handle it. It can't. I'm actually <laughs> talking shoulder surgery right now at the doctor's office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine's plastic, but I, I managed to get it done. I could make simple stuff, but I, I definitely mm-hmm. would, will not go take the advanced class. I wouldn't get through it, but it was, it was really fascinating to 
the way they look at metal and can say, oh, you got it upside down. And you're like, it's just a piece of red metal. They're like, no, look at that and that. And this, this little bit of orange over here. See, you got it backwards. I'm like, wow, <laughs> there is something to it. Um, real crafts people are sometimes kind of scary because they just see things you don't see. I agree for sure. And I think that's one of the really good but, things. All right. So we'll back. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I was just going to say, Alan, that's one of the really good places where a teacher is ideal. Like, I mean, obviously, Rebecca's, this is Rebecca's life teaching, but, and all of us have learnt from YouTube and, 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 you know, watching, watching other things like that. But there is something to be said for a teacher physically showing you how to see a thing in a different way. Yeah. Or, or if nothing else, a mentor who can look at it and has seen enough of your stuff to say, you know, what are you doing different there? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. as I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn about classes and stuff because I don't want to turn my art into, into, into work. No. On the other hand, you know, kind of, kind of going and looking at art and going to places where they're doing it live and just kind of commenting about a question here or there. Um, I find more fulfilling, but that's possibly just because of what I'm doing with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was actually going to say back on our topic. So how far do you get before you decide you've had it enough with something that's just not going to work? I'm kind of curious because I, I get, a, I usually get about two thirds of the way. And that's when I'm like, acrylics are doing this to me right now. I played around with acrylics again and I'm, I'm going to put them away for a while again because they frustrated me. How far do you get before you've just had enough with what you decided to start with? For me, I usually push through and finish most of the time. Um, there is some instances where I will put it aside, but only for a few days, like for this, this little art journal I was talking about, it sat aside for probably the longest Mm. time I didn't touch it would have been maybe like five days, but I was really determined to get it finished because it had some pretty important, uh, little things in it that I needed to see finished. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's certainly, although I say that and then it's just occurred to me that with my photography and editing, that's a whole other thing because I find myself, I usually have to wait between uploading photos from my, you know, from my, my SD card to my computer I and that first initial look at them. I usually give myself 24 hours before I go back to them because I find I very often have a, I'm on a high after coming back from, from, from making photos and <laughs> I have found myself, yep. if I look at them straight away, my uh, expectations don't match the reality. And so I've learned to just leave them, to just walk away and leave them. And then I will come back to them usually a day later. Sometimes it might be that, you know, same day, but usually it's a good day or so. And then I can actually look at them with a more critical eye that isn't judgmenting of my skills and abilities with the camera. Because if I don't do that, I have taken photos and looked at them straight away and thought they were absolutely horrific, the worst photographs ever made in the world, mm-hmm. and then have looked at them again and literally, like I'm talking, you know, not even looked at them for 12 months or more and realised what is wrong with you? There is nothing wrong with this photo at all or this whole series of photos. 
you were just being really, really hard on yourself. Um, so now, yeah, I, I, I walk away and come back to. So that's probably the one place I really do that. And I know that's slightly different because, of course, you make a photo and then you do some kind of editing, even if it's tiny or if it's just simply, you know, it might not even be much at all. But, um, yeah, that's that's probably about the two instances. And this is where this whole thing of me doing different types of art styles, different art supplies, different because, I, for me, photography is art. Um, you know, that's where it can be a little bit weird is because every different thing I do has a different outcome and a different like, you know, I'll come back to a sketch that I just abandoned because I thought it was atrocious and I'm like, why did I not keep going with that? Like, that was fine. Um, so, yeah, my, my different art supplies and my different art tools will give a different answer to that. But, yeah, that's about it for me. How about How about you, Rebecca? Well, I like to call it overworked and underpaid. <laughs> so, you know, you, you paint and you paint and you paint and then you took it, you know, three steps farther than you should have. And it looked better a half an hour ago. And why didn't you quit? Oh, right? yeah. and, um, and you think it's unique to you, but I have been in many studios in this country, at least, because we love galleries, museums, and studios in this house, and seeing things like that taped, you know, onto studio walls, <laughs> you know, when you think it's done, it's done. Trust your gut. Don't keep going. Stuff like that. Yes. Because, and it's really hard, you know, and yet, what do I do at school? It's due. You got to turn it in. You got to do it. It's finished time, you know, and and so, again, I go back to my <laughs> lack of finishing a lot of things, I think, is just because there is so much that I have to judge and grade and push them. And I wish, you know, it didn't have to be that way, but I'm also not sure for some kids if there wasn't a grade attached that they would do it. On the other hand, the opposite is also true. <laughs> I don't care what you give it. You throw it in the trash. It doesn't matter to me. You grade it and then you do what you want. I don't care about that, you know? Um, so, and I also agree with you, Kim, it depends on the, the medium. And I also think the habit of my wanting to use certain media at a certain time of the year because that's what works for me as a teacher has kind mm -hmm. of forced me into, oh, it's time to throw pots next mm -hmm. month. Oh, it's time to crochet next month. Oh, it's time to watercolor paint. You know, I kind of have a rhythm that I do because that's when I'm ready mentally to deal with it or they're ready for the next step to convert that skill into a different media. Um, and, and so, you know, again, I go to my ADHD brain. That's, I'm always switching off. So. Well, it's interesting because I think, I think that cycle thing is interesting among people who, you know, do multiple things. And I, I think we all do. It, it is kind of interesting. I mean, I, you know, woodworking is traditionally kind of the winter, the winter sport, you know, the winter activity and you've got the, <laughs> you know, and it is, it is interesting. You do kind of build a cycle because you are kind of doing frequently one or the other you don't mix or match it that much. I don't know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. if that's true for, for Kim, I don't know. You seem to bop a lot, but it does seem to be your focus on one and then the other. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I tend to focus on the one, but um, I think I've noticed lately in the last, maybe the last couple of months, I think I'm changing, switching up more mediums from time to time, but there's less of them 
So there's been a big uptick in my photographic output. There has been a big uptick in my creation of of my own art journals, which then have their own, depending on their size, you know, their own mediums that I use in them. But there's a lot of my love of oil pastels and, you know, but just a lot of abstracts and a lot of gluing on things and just sort of making a nice mess maybe, <laughs> making an emotional mess. Um, but there's certainly been an uptick in those two things. Uh, I think, yeah, more than anything else, there's been an uptick in those two things. But there's also been a lot more downtime for me in terms of I've just stepped, I've just put aside a lot of different supplies and I'm just different art and I'm just reading. Like I've, I'm, you know, Alan, you know my year from the last the last year, I've just... A lot of stuff has just pop, been popped aside. It's just where I'm at at the moment. And I'm okay with that. I wasn't at first. I was a bit like, oh, you have to keep making. You have to keep doing. Don't have to do anything, right? Like you have to do whatever it is your body wants you to do. And right now my body wants more rest and my body wants more reading. So that's what we're doing. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think a, a break is, uh, you know, is always good. It's not as much fun when it's in, it's forced on you. but. Um, there is definitely time for a break. For me, it's a lot of the summer because we spend a lot of the time hiking hmm. and just being outside for the weekend because my job is so tied to being inside and on a phone, you know, outside, everybody outside, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I told you I just went on this 12-day cruise, Kim. Yeah. And uh, I always take art supplies. I'm always going to do, you know, <laughs> and I don't. And so it's heavy <laughs> and it's cumbersome and it takes in the suitcase and we were limited by how many suitcases we wanted to pay for and like I said we went down to Miami a couple days early and so for the first time I didn't bring you know my this that and the other thing because I was gonna do gonna do and unlike last year when I was new in this doctoral program and we went on a shorter cruise and I knew I need you know I have to read these things I have all these things I have to do and I'm not sure where I am yet as a student in this program and I got to be ready um you know, I didn't take all that stuff with me either. I said, you need a break. Um, <laughs> and we brought the computer and I thought I might do things with that. But even though we bought Wi-Fi and I had, um, you know, the worldwide plan and whatever paid for it, you know, it's still hard to get service when you're in the middle of the ocean or you're in these countries. And so I think when we we've already planned next year's, I think we may not even take the laptop, honestly, because, you know, you already have a phone and I have an iPad. So I really got into Procreate for a while, but it's it's a heavy device compared even to the laptop. So when you got to have 40 pounds in your suitcase, (laughs) you're going to leave things home. But maybe you're going to vacation a little better, take a lot of photos and then I can come back and paint sloths and. <laughs> alligators that I saw on the canals, and you know, I have a whole new catalog of of images, and I like especially doing them from my own photographs. I'll paint from other people's and from internet stuff, but you know, then I already know the story. So when I look to put emotion into the animal's movement, you know, visual movement, not obviously real movement. Or, you know, the face or the fur or the, the setting, 
you know, I already understand the backstory and I feel like um, I'm more energized about painting the animal because that's what I do a lot of. Is mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I think, a good I think point. that's why my kid consists of Go ahead, Alan, you're right. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. Um, no, I think that's why I keep my kit so light. I mean, most of my kit, you know, I'm, I'm, it's light enough that I'm willing to carry it in my backpack or carry mm-hmm. it to my daughter's softball games and stuff. And I think that's <laughs> informs a lot of my decisions. Cause I, yeah, it, it, when I'm fully loaded for a full, full softball tournament, I think I'm, I get up to about five pounds and that's mostly cause I bring two sketchbooks, mm-hmm. um, one, one water tolerant and one not. And, um, cause I, I don't use it if I, I don't think I, I don't think I would use if I brought like a set of paints or anything real complicated. I don't think I'd, I'd break them out because I don't know, just feels funny to be that, I don't know, out and about with it while you're on vacation. Well, I think, you know, there's something to be said for having a vacation and just doing that, not continuing to do things that you may do at home. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with it if that's what you want to do, but my goodness, if you don't, it's totally fine. We, we all need a break. Yeah. The pandemic taught us that, didn't it? Uh-huh. It certainly did. You know, we yeah. were talking about scheduling and it was it was much different schedule and it was up to you to kind of figure it out. Yep. Yes, exactly. Definitely. And to get time away when you're you know, when you work from home basically enforcing yourself to take time off and to you know, to, to actually quit and do something else. That mm-hmm. that took me a good three, four months because you know, when you when you knock the commute out and everything. It's not like I ever run out of work at work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, guys, I, I feel like we've sort of covered we've covered quite a few things here. Uh, the chat's kind of gone a little bit all over the place, which is which is nice. I mean, that's what a conversation between friends usually does. Uh, look, I, I think we could I think we could kind of put a endpoint on it here. Um, I am aware that Alan has to go and feed his family, and we cannot have them rioting in the streets, which which may happen. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you also have two dogs that require food, so you know. <laughs> mm. So thank you again, yep, guys. We do too, but they already ate. <laughs> oh, Just- this has been fun. It's always fun to talk to you. Just before we wrap wrap up, um, Rebecca, where can people find you online? Um, I I am at Rebecca Weeks Howard. I am also at Studio Art Bailey, mm-hmm. um, and at NV Art Educators, and at Adventures in Expression. So four that I run for myself, and then I help others like my husband to connect. Mm-hmm. And Alan, where can we, where can listeners find you? Um, I, you know, I'm still looking for a great place to rejoin. I'm still on Instagram at Miathet, but I'm, I miss the old Instagram where you could kind of make a community of artists. And I, if yeah. someone's got a great uh-huh. suggestion, send it to me because I, I, I really, it's too Facebooky now. So well, I, I've I'm been enjoying um, stepping out into the world of Mastodon. That's quite interesting. Um, it's a whole different. Yep. Hold it for Borgown. And um, Vero, which is, you know, originally it was a photo app and it's still certainly a photo photography-specific kind of place, but there's lots of other, there's lots of artists actually um, on Vero. That's another that's another good one too. So, yeah, just that's just okay. a couple of things to throw in there, yeah. I actually have a Mastodon account. I was, yeah, I actually have a Mastodon account. I've been thinking about going back to it because a couple of people I follow, um have moved over to it. So I think that's mm. probably in my near future. Yeah. We should um, follow each other. <laughs> I, 
I, I, I joined. Uh, I joined less than half. Um, Kim, which you might be interested in, it's run by Hall Rockefeller and a few uh, other artists, friends of her, hers, and um, so a lot of those folks are not teaching art with middle schoolers, but it's interesting sort of to get your head around the community of art makers who do make a living doing mm -hmm. it. Mm. Um, and of course, because it's less than half, it's, it's, you know, an action kind of research because they're trying to get more artists in um, galleries and museums because we are underrepresented. We were there mm. in surrealism. We were there in, you know, impressionism. We were probably the first ones to draw on cave walls, but we've never been given the credit until recently. So um, <laughs> that group is really interesting. And it's uh, free form. So, okay, I'll have a look. Hmm. All right, guys, thank yeah. you so much again. And um, we might do this again one day. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Of course. Just in time. The dogs are barking. <laughs>